you, O oh God. We did not come here to socialize. We did not come here to meet one another. Lord, O oh Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that, O oh God, may the heavens open this afternoon. May the heavens open, Almighty oh God, and may a voice speak to us, O oh God. I pray for a divine encounter, O oh God. I pray, O oh Father, in the name of Jesus, that, O oh God, may we have an encounter with you this morning. May our souls, Almighty oh God, meet head on condition with you that our lives will never be the same. We are here and we say, oh God, our souls longeth after you. Our souls are desperate for you. Speak to us this morning, oh God. Speak to me, oh God. Speak through me, oh Father. Watch over your word. Anoint your word. That your word is relevant into our lives. That your word brings change. That your word exhorts somebody. That your word encourages somebody this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. May your hand be stretched out. May your hand be lifted, Almighty God. For you, when your hand is lifted, Almighty God, healing shall be manifested. Miracles and signs and wonders shall be manifested. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, watch over your words this morning. In the name of Jesus. Have your way, O oh God. For your way is the best way. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we submit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give God a hand of praise. Thank you, worship team. We appreciate you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Since the beginning of January, the Lord had given us a word in the house about the Jesus encounter. Hallelujah. And we have been preaching that word for the past um, four Sundays or five Sundays, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, where God moved mightily and I believe that the word has impacted our lives and our lives will never be the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you enjoyed that word and have taken that word to apply them in their lives? Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen. And as I was meditating throughout the week, the Lord gave me this word. And uh, and uh, and then last night I was asking God, Lord, please confirm the word. Is this the word that you want us to speak this morning? And the Lord just confirmed this word that this is the right word because I refrain from speaking my own message but to speak the word of God. Nothing else but the word of God. Hallelujah. If there is something that is very important to this church, it is the word of God, it is prayer, and it is worship. But we need to preach the undiluted word of God. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Oh, come on, church. I don't hear you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to read just one scripture and then we push it on very quickly and then we can wrap it up in Jesus' name. Amen. Before, before I read, just I forgot just to appreciate all the new members that came to the class last uh, yesterday. Thank you very much. If you did not make it, please just um, listen to the announcement the next coming few weeks when another, another class is going to happen. It's important if you want to be a serious member of this church that you go through a class so that you can understand the runnings of the church. Amen. The book of Matthew chapter number 9. 
Matthew chapter number 9. We, we're going to read verse number 18 and 19. And then we will jump to verse number 23, 24, 25, and 26. Matthew chapter number 9. We will start from verse number 18 and 19 and then jump on to... Uh, 23, 24, 25, 26. We will take on from the New King James Version this morning. If you see people standing and you are a visitor, just stand with them. It is a requirement in this church that as we read the Word of God in honor of the Word, in respect of the Word of God, we are all standing. If there's somebody seated next to you, please ask them to stand. When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the book of Matthew, chapter number 9. If you don't have a Bible, you can just look in on the screen. I know if you're at the back, you can't see because they are too low. Um, but just share with your neighbor right there in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are we ready to read? Are we ready to read? Cats, please read for us. You have not read for me in a long time. Please read for us this morning and we will follow. And we will just put emphasis on certain scriptures right there. Um, please, uh, okay, let's do this. Can we all read 18 and 19? Cats, you'll take it from 23 up to 26. Um, I want us to read um, verse 18 and 19 together. Amen. Are we ready? Let's go. Let's go. One, two. Okay, let's start again, verse, verse 19 together, all the way from the back. I hear people that are not reading at the back. I can hear you. Let's go one, two. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Amen. Verse number 23, Kathy, if you can just um, go down with it until 26 for us. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the, nose, the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they, ridicule, they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. Can we read it again, verse 23, with the message version, please? The message, the message version, verse number 23. I just want verse 23 only. Do we have it on the screen? Can we read together verse 23 on the message version? Let's go one, two. By now, they had arrived at the house of the town official, the ruler, and pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story. And the neighbors bringing casseroles, verse 24, Jesus was abrupt, clear out, this girl isn't dead, she's sleeping. They they told him he didn't know what he was talking about. But when Jesus had gotten rid of the crowd, he went in, took the girl's hand, and pulled her to her feet. Alive. Somebody say alive. 
Somebody say alive. The news was soon out and traveled throughout the region. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As you take your seat, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, make room. He's not finished. You did not hear me. Shake your neighbor one more time and say, neighbor, make room. He is not finished. That is the subject of our message this morning. Make room. He's not finished. Where we have read this morning a very familiar scripture, a very familiar scenario from the Bible, and many of us can quote it and also quote the scenarios in our prayer. The Bible presents to us this morning that there is this ruler, a centurion of an army, whose daughter died. Hello? The daughter died, and after the daughter has died, it is obvious in human understanding that when somebody has died, neighbors must gather. People of relatives must come to the family to gather to be able to be uh, uh, briefed about the funeral. Somebody shout hallelujah. Guys, can you, can you twist this monitors for me? I, I'm hearing myself in the front of the house, but I can't pick up myself here. Now, it is... It is obvious that when, 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 when somebody has died, every program of the family must stop. If you are about to embark on a journey to go to Cape Town from Pretoria and you just hear that your cousin has passed away, it does not matter how much money you have spent, how much preparation has gone into the trip to go down to Cape Town, but because of the funeral that has just happened, everything must stop. How many of you know that when a funeral comes into the house, when a death case is about to happen, it does not make an appointment with anyone? We read on Wednesday from the book of Hebrews where the Bible says, for it is appointed unto men to die once. There is an appointment upon each and every one of us under the sound of my voice. Everywhere where you go, even now when you are seated, you are walking with an appointment upon your life and this appointment is called death. When it comes, it does not prepare you for the coming. It just comes when you are unprepared. And when death comes, it is an unpreparation and an inconvenience to us. But when death comes, it is a promotion to God. Because nothing that happens to us that comes to God as a surprise. To us, when death happens, it is a surprise. But to God, God is omnipresent. He sees everything. Even when death is about to happen tomorrow in your family, everywhere, God is seeing everything. Shake your name as a neighbor. You've got an appointment upon your life. Do not live like you agreed with God when you are going to die. Don't waste your life in such a way that your life has got no profit because when you get to heaven, one of the questions is to be asked is what have you done with the gift that you've been given? And some of us when we die, they will write he was born in 1980 dash 
and died in 2018. That's it. All the things that you did in life are nothing recognizable because everything is encompassed in a dash. Because it is not about the money that you have. It is not about the cars that you drive. It is not about the suits that you wear. It is about how many lives have you impacted with your life. The gift that God has given you. How impactful was it? People will not remember you for the weaves. People will not remember you for the crowds that you gathered. People will not remember you for the messages. People will remember you for the lasting impact that you leave in your life. In their lives. Therefore, it is very important that we, as we live life, we do not just wake up, eat, and sleep. Wake up, eat, and sleep. Don't let a day go past without impacting somebody's life. Yes. Yes. How do I impact somebody's life? You get into a taxi, somebody is short of money, and you know that woman gets that they do not negotiate, but you stand in the cab and say, don't worry, I will cover you. Impact. You don't impact because you know. You don't impact because you have a relationship. But you impact because it is a mandate that has been given upon our lives. Let us create men in our own image and this man must have dominion. Dominion, authority, rulership, impact. And many of you right now, you have lived your life but you've got nothing to show for it. This morning you can still change your ways. And say, my life must be an impact. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Shake your name as a neighbor. Amen. How impactful is your life? Amen. Now watch this. The old man is still alive. But the daughter dies. And it's always obvious that as we are living, the older generation, is. we call them the submerging generation. But they are the submerging according to human understanding, but to God. Everyone has got an appointment. Because God does not take away, God does not allow your life to end because you are young. God ends, allows your life to end because your purpose on earth is done. And when the time comes and the books of your life are supposed to be closed because one day they're going to close. But when they are closed, they, are, they go into a transfer into another kingdom. They are closed on earth, but they go into another kingdom. You will meet them where you are going, and they will be open. What shall be read? And what we have read this morning, the Bible says, the father realized that the child is dead. Few things that I want us to pick up there, and then we close. The child was dead. But when the child died, something that is unique about the father that we want to learn here this morning. The Bible, verse 18, the Bible says, while Jesus was speaking, a ruler came. Somebody say, a ruler came. This man is a man that has got authority. He came to Jesus. But I want to submit to you, Jesus. He did not just come. He left a dead body in the house. He refused a dead situation to hold him back from going to Jesus. He refused what was happening in the house. The mourners were there. The families were there. The uncles were there. But he said, my daughter has died. I don't have the power to resurrect the daughter. I don't have the power to bring her back to life. But 
I have heard of a man who's got the power to resurrect. This man, they crucified him. He died. And on the third day, he rose again. Ouch, oh, my wife, you can remain in the house. One thing I'm doing, I'm going to seek for Jesus. The child is dead. But the father says, I'm going out to seek for the Lord. How many of us can seek God when situations are dead? Can seek God when whatever you have been working for, it's not working anymore. But you said, even though it's not working, I refuse my focus to be on a dead situation. I don't know what is dead in your life, but baby girl, take off your focus of a daily situation. Lift up your eyes upon the Lord. Focus on the Lord. The Bible says, this man, the child was dead. I need a child. Do we have a child here who didn't go to Sunday school? It's fine. Come, child. Come, child. The Bible says this child was dead. His own child. And he left the child lying there, sleeping there. That's a very small baby, man. She will not be able to sleep. Just, it's fine, it's fine. The child was there. The father left. He looked like an irresponsible father. But he said, I have got a spiritual responsibility that I must do for my daughter. My daughter will not resurrect herself. Child of God, your family will not see Jesus because until you fulfill your responsibility, I'm here to talk to you, my brother, my sister. You've got a spiritual responsibility that you must do as there are as they are talking about the brokenness as they are talking about the poverty but your lips don't speak poverty you speak and say greater is he that is on the inside of me why they say why are you doing this I've got a spiritual responsibility that I must fulfill oh Joshua said if it seems evil for you to serve God oh choose you this day but as for me as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. I've got a spiritual responsibility that my house must serve the Lord. And how many of us are seated here? Your family is depending on you. Your husband is depending on you. Your wife is depending on you. You've got a responsibility. Joseph, stop focusing on the pit. Oh, the deliverance of Israel is sitting upon you. They are throwing you in the pit. But stay in the pit. The pit will take you to the throne. I've got a spiritual responsibility. You might be young, but when you've received Christ, you've got a spiritual responsibility. You need to wake up in the midnight hours. Begin to What are you doing? I am fulfilling my spiritual responsibility. Stop talking about him, about how he drinks, about how he smokes. Oh, stop focusing on that. Fulfill your spiritual responsibility. I know the situation looks like it will not work. It looks like money will not come. It looks like this year he will not go to school. Mama, stop focus on that. Fulfill your spiritual responsibility and begin to go down on your knees and begin to call on the Lord. 
Many of us are good in seeking Jesus when things are well. He's good in seeking Jesus when babies are coming like socks. Today, it, it, the snake keeps on biting. You give birth this year, you give birth next year, you are like penning. But Hannah says, I know my boy is not here, but I know my boy is somewhere on the inside. I need to dig deep in my womb, fulfill my spiritual responsibility. And it's very unfortunate when the carrier of a responsibility is busy playing with the responsibility. I know your family is never known where you come from. But the key to the fame of your son is lying with your responsibility. Girl, you can't play with the power that the Lord has given you. You can't play with the gift that the Lord has given you. That gift you need to stir up. That's why Paul speak to Timothy and say, Timothy, stir up the gifts that you received in the laying of the hands because there is a gift in you. Your grandmother Louise, your mother Eunice was never famous, but Timothy fulfilled, they fulfilled their spiritual responsibility so that when you can be able to carry the son name into another height. We don't even have Louis chapter one. We don't have, we don't have Eunice chapter one, but they are part of the lineage of Timothy. But when Timothy found the responsibility, he said, I'm not gonna play with it. He said, Paul, I will follow you wherever you go. That is why Paul wrote half of the New Testament. But Timothy was, you could not leave him out. Because even Timothy, the apostle, told us on Friday, Paul refers to Timothy that this is my son. There is no other one like him. He had different sons. He had a lot of sons. But Timothy had a peculiar grace, had a peculiar anointing. What is this anointing? Wherever Paul went, Timothy says, even in prison, we learned on Friday he imprisoned himself just to serve Paul in the prison. What was he doing? It looked like he was stupid, but he was fulfilling his spiritual. Oh baby girl, let them talk about you that you are like a church doormat. Let them talk about you. You are like the pastor's associate who hired you to be the pastor's the pastor's doormat. But baby girl, you know what you're doing when you get busy with the things of God. God, get busy with your things. I'm fulfilling my spiritual responsibility. Why do you keep on tithing? Even though I don't understand, I'm fulfilling my spiritual responsibility. Is there anybody in the house that is ready to fulfill their spiritual responsibility? I'm fulfilling. I'm fulfilling. Come what may. Winds may blow. Storms may rise. Nothing is going to stop me. I'm fulfilling my spiritual responsibility. What is this spiritual responsibility? The Bible says the ruler came Come on, come on. She even looked like the father. He did everything he could, but he had to leave her at home. What was he doing? He was saying, Girl, 
me and you have been connected all your, all your life. But if I'm to fulfill my spiritual responsibility, I need to cut the connection between me and you. But it is not a permanent cut. It is a temporary cut until the responsibility is fulfilled. You're not hearing me, church. The problem with many of you is that you cannot separate your problem with yourself. You have taken your problem to be yourself. And the problem is not the problem. The problem is your perspective towards the problem. Even when people ask you, people who don't know you, they say, Ibu, how are you? Hey, I've just been retrenched. Who? Oh, we did not ask about the retrenchment. Every way. That's why you share things even with people that are not supposed to know. You don't have confidence. That's why people talk about you everywhere. Because when you've got verbal diarrhea, you speak whatever. Your mouth just flows. Because instead of serving God and say, Lord, I've got a problem, but I need to disconnect from the problem a little bit so that I can fulfill my spiritual responsibility. But you guys, as a church of today, look, the problem can even hold you, but you have held to the problem. That's why people don't even know your name anymore. They identify you with the problem. They say, do you know Evelyn? Which Evelyn? No, do you know Evelyn? No, which Evelyn? No, that one who had a car accident. Because everybody knows about your car accident. Even if it happened five years ago, you are even sharing it in 2018. The Lord says, I must tell you, I am doing a new thing. Don't you see it? I am making rivers in the desert. I am making ways in the wilderness. It's passing out. The problem is that your eyes is too focused on the problem. trying to go because he's tired of walking. Sometimes you leave it behind and you realize, hey, no, please take me back home. I forgot something. What did you forget? No, you won't understand. Take me back. Girl, the baby is born. How the baby was born, it's immaterial. How, whether it was born out of wedlock, we were not there when it happened. For now, there is no more condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Whether you got divorced, we don't know. We don't want to know. Whether you married two wives before you knew the Lord, we don't want to know. The Lord is not concerned about your past. The Lord is not concerned about what you did yesterday, last week, last year. The Lord is concerned about your now. to the altar call on Sunday. We pray for you. In the name of Jesus. It's a one minute orgasm. Monday, you are fine. Tuesday, you are fine. Because you have taken the weight. And when they ask you, how much do you weigh? You say, I weigh 80. And click when I weigh 60. The 20 is the problem. Now, because you've accustomed yourself and taken citizenship in the problem, you do not know your weight anymore. Your weight is accustomed with blind batamias. You were not born blind. And your prefix was never named to be blind. They are calling you blind batamias because of your situation. But batamias says, I'm tired of being, of having an add-on. I'm tired of the extra weight. And when Jesus was passing by, he shouted and said, Father, oh Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What was he saying? Get rid of the weight. 
sister, he doesn't understand. No, man. I can't, I can't do with this thing until when? Because you were never born with it. You only discovered when you were when you were older that you've got a breast cancer. You didn't have it before. Now you are dwelling in the breast cancer. Everywhere you go, when we are worshiping. What are you doing? Now I'm just feeling whether the lamb is still there. Why? Because you are not feeling whether the lamb is gone. You are feeling whether it's still there. Because you are used to it being there. The ruler left the daughter dead. Shake your neighbor to neighbor. Leave your dead situation in the grave. Please fix me, fix me. Now listen, guys. I want you to watch this. When the father is leaving the house, he is not leaving the house empty-handed. I mean, he's not leaving the house empty. The Amonas that are mourning the child, yet they did not give birth to the child. Let me say it again, because some of you did not hear me. The Amonas that are mourning the child, hello? Yet they did not give birth to? Who gave birth to the child? The father. And the father leaves, yet the mourners remain. Can I talk to the ruler in the house? Because the mourners were never there for you. They were there for the child. Therefore, when the child dies, they remain where the child is. Because then, I ask myself, these mourners, who are they coming to comfort? Because in the, the father is not there anymore. Are they comforting a dead body? That's why the message version says, they were gossipers coming to look for news. There was paparazzi. Be careful of surrounding yourself with paparazzi. They are only you. They know too much about you. You know nothing about them. They are only there for the news. Nothing else. Be careful who you bring closer to you. Actually, those that you bring closer to you, please check what do you have in common with them. Because you will find that the common denominator is that you are always revealing information to them. Begin to shut up, disconnect, and live and focus on Jesus. to finish but watch this verse 18 let's read verse 18 together let's go one two ah, yeah, yeah. that's a wrong version new king james version is that new king james version okay let's read again while become the ruler today. The Bible says the ruler came to Jesus but left the child dead. When he came to Jesus he did not talk to Jesus. But the ruler says the Bible says and the ruler came and he worshipped. He worshipped with a dead girl. 
He worshipped with the seed that came out of his, 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 his body. The seed has died, but he still worshipped. I want to say to the church, your worship must not be dependent of what God has done. Your worship must not be dependent of what God is doing. Even when he has not done it, you have prayed in January. Registration money is not here. When the cars have been repossessed, when the house has been taken, how many of us, we still go down on our knees and still worship. Oh, but this man discovered the secret to get the attention of Jesus. I need to worship to get the attention of Jesus. I don't need to pray. I don't need to talk. I don't need to present my problem because it's not about the problem. It's about the praise and the worship that you give to him that will attract him to focus on you. Remember, the child is dead. Can you worship when your child is dead? Can you say, we give you all the glory? When that which you have been praying for, when the marriage that you worked for you for years has just broken down, how many of us can still lift up our hands and say, we worship you? Can you worship my brother, Wamukondere? When the rose is not there anymore and the rose is lying in hospital and you don't focus on the bed in hospital but lift up your hands and still worship. I want to submit to you that if you want to attract a heavenly program, you will never bring the heavens down by your prayer. You will never bring the heavens down by your message. The only key that will bring heaven down. He said, if my people... It's when the people begin to forget about themselves. Do you know that why heaven is always full of the glory? It's not because God is full of the glory. Heaven is full of the glory because the 24 elders, they bow before him. You are holy. Can you tell him that he's holy? when the situation speaks contrary to what you are speaking. Can you tell him that he's Jehovah Jireh when your account is sitting on minus? Can you tell God that, Lord, you are Jehovah Shalom, my peace. You have just been divorced yesterday. You have just been retrenched yesterday. And you say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider, is waiting for the worship of that person who will worship not because of facts, not because of something touchable, but will worship when they don't see anything because faith is the substance of things for the evidence of things not seen. I don't wait to see, but even though I don't see, oh, do I have some worshippers in this church who are not waiting for the proof, but who know that my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can think or imagine. I will worship him anyhow. Oh, come on, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, worship God anyhow. When the child dies, it's not time to call meetings. It's time to worship. Let's finish. The Bible says, after he has worshipped, after he has worshipped, then he began to speak. If he just came and spoke, Jesus will continue doing. You're not hearing me. Those that have got DSTV. At nine o'clock on Mzanzi Magic, what place? The Queen. I know it because I love it. And I watch it. And 
watch this. Please watch every time the queen is playing or the river is playing. Please check. Okay, actually, maybe that's not a better example. Let me give you a recent example. On Thursday, we had the State of the Nation address. If you have watched TV very well, they were always playing the same adverts. One of the adverts that was prominent enough was the lotto. Every time we go to break, lotto, lotto, lotto. You know why that hit? Because when lotto went to SABC or to uh, ENCA, whatever, they asked for the prime spot. They asked for the what? The prime spot is when the channel is the most busiest. The prime spot is when something big is happening on TV. Because viewership increases at that time. If you go and ask for the stats, the viewership stats for, for, for Mzanzi Magic, you will realize that between 7 and 9 o'clock and half past 9, the viewership goes because it's, 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 it's what you call, what do you call this thing? Um, services after services and it's local stuff. People stop cooking. People stop doing whatever they're doing because they don't want to miss the prime time. Some of us who, who come home late, we even tell the kids, please record it. Because I need to watch it. Because it happens at prime time. Prime time is when on the roads there's less traffic. Because people are already at home. Because it's prime When you worship, When you worship, you convert the viewership of Channel Ufuno. Because for days and days it was down. Because nobody prominent was watching. Because there is nothing prominent happening. You're missing it. I wish I was preaching this on worship night. Nothing prominent is happening. Therefore, you've got no prominent attention. You only have earthly attention. Your equals give you attention because you only do things in your equality. You only do things according to your contemporaries. Because they are doing, I will do. Because they are not praying, I will not pray. Now this man, he is tired he had viewership at home. The mourners came. They were the viewers. But no one was coming to buy an ad space because the one who buys the ad space would not sell anything because it's just mourners that are watching. But this man gets tired. He says, I need to bring a different viewership. Hello? Even when Channel Heaven was focusing on you, it will stop, baby. It will stop, baby. Because God is not impressed about your prayers. God is not impressed about how much you cry when you pray. God needs your worship. Pastor, 
to break it down for you. Before he focuses on your worship, he also checks from which platform are you worshiping. No. When you're the daughter of Bethlehem Sipe, it's easy to worship. Father, I thank you for the school. I thank you for the car that I drive. Why? Because you are worshiping from abundance. The Bible does not tell us how many children he heard, but allow me just to imagine and paraphrase that maybe this was the only daughter. <laughs> but when the only daughter was gone, God checks. I'll show you in the Bible. This man begins to worship. When he worship, Jesus begins to give him the attention. But that's why the Bible, verse 18, it says, while he was speaking, which means the worship interrupted the speaking. Whoever Jesus was speaking to, he could not pay attention to them anymore. Girl, you need to disturb the program of heaven. If God is going to Fender to heal, if God is going to Limpopo, if God is going to Kaysatan, your worship can intercept him and say, God, here am I. I'm here to worship. Now, Jesus turns. When he turns, he's already here. Stop your worship and tell him what you want. Because worship is there to attract him to you. When he's here, stop crying. When Bartimaeus called, he stopped. When he arrived, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Amen. No, I heard your calling. There is a season for calling and there is a season for speaking. And she says, I'm done. Jesus says, okay, I'm here. Have parents, have a child, when a child is crying, crying for milk, you give the milk, they're still crying. How many you get angry and say, what, what do you want? And some of you is 2019 and heaven is asking, you have been crying since you were born. You been, what do you want? Because in the midst of your cry, you have never said what you want. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Don't cry what you want. Tell him. I was telling them on Wednesday, the biggest prayer in the Bible, the prayer of Hannah, was a silent prayer. Until Ellie thought she was drunk, but she was silent. And her lips were just moving. But she was telling the Lord what she wants. Let's go to the Bible. The Bible says he worshipped. And he said to him, My daughter, he said, My daughter has just died. Which means, if the Bible says has just died, it's, it's not been long. She's still fresh. Henda, hello? Amen. Are you with me at the back? Shake your neighbor's neighbor. It's still fresh. Still fresh. And why, why do you have to wait long to tell Jesus? And in you waiting long, the world presents to you many options. And the options become a distraction. And after a long time, the body now is rotting, it's thinking. You're only now to approach Jesus and Jesus is saying, but you're using me as a spare wheel. Why do I become a plan B? Why am I not a plan A in your life? It's only now that you're having a meeting. They're calling a meeting Good Friday. Let's meet on Good Friday. Now, now let's try God. And God is saying, you guys are using me. And God is tired.
tired of becoming your plan B. God wants, God wants a paradigm shift of, priori- of, of your priorities. He must become number one. Number one. Which means it does not matter what happens in your life. The first person you call to is not the pastor. You call to? Jesus. People are calling too much on pastors. That's why pastors have become gods. People don't worship God anymore. They worship pastors. Because the first option becomes the man man of God. This is my man of God. Tell me, when will God speak to you? When will you pray and you hear God speaking to your life? Because we are no longer living in the Old Testament days. The veil of the temple has been broken. It is not the chief priest that goes with your sacrifices into the Holy of Holies. You too can get into the Holy of Holies. But you must prioritize God. And first things must be first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. Until, until you change your priorities, you will never have the attention. My daughter is dead. Hello? Now watch the Bible. I, I, I love, to, love to go through the Bible. It says, my daughter has just died. You see that? After the word died, what comes? Ah, yeah, yeah. There's a comma there. Hello? Which means his statement is not complete. He says, my daughter has died. And he continues and he says, but. Hello? He says, but come, lay your hand on her. She will. Yes. I don't know if you guys understand the Bible. It says, my daughter has just died. And has just died. Comma. But. I told you, wherever the word but appears, it changes whatever has been said. This man says, my daughter has just died. But. Which means he's, he's saying, According to my understanding, it looks like death. <laughs> but in your intervention, Lord, if you intervene, this death can change and become a celebration. This funeral can change and somebody can rise up from the dead. According to my understanding, you know what? There is, you, you, there is your understanding and there is God's understanding. And the question is asked, in your situation, whose understanding is prevailing? There is your will and there is the will of God. Whose will is prevailing in your life? This man says, I've, I've, I've got the doctors. They did postmortem. She's dead for real. But, but before we bury her, we have received the earthly report. Can we receive the heavenly report? Lord, my God. I know you've given up on your child. You've given up on your situation. But have you received a heavenly report about your marriage? Have you received a heavenly report about your situation? Oh, you, you, doctors are telling you, you have a chronic disease, you're going to die. It's, 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 but let me tell you something, until God confirms it, it's just a fact. It's not the truth. And you're making decisions based on facts, but facts are also about to change. report will you believe? Yes. 
There are two reports here. The heavenly report. The earthly report says there is no employment in South Africa. Thousands and thousands of young people are unemployed. But what does heaven say about you? I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. The plans that I have for you are plans for you to prosper. You don't prosper in employment, you prosper in God. What is heaven saying about you? Hey, when last did you check the heavenly report about you? Let's finish this. Am I talking to somebody this afternoon? Am I talking to somebody this afternoon? Shake your neighbor as a neighbor. Check on the heavenly report. Some of you are suffering right now. Your mother told you, nothing good will ever come out of you. She's also human. She's a human being. Your wife has told you, you are not man enough. Your husband has told you, your head is like cockroach. I'm telling you, it's just a human thing. Don't focus on what human beings are saying. When they finish speaking, get down on your knees and ask, God, this thing has hurt me. This thing is too much for me. But what is your report about me? I don't want to go in accordance with the reports of, of the earth. What do you say about me? Some of you want to commit suicide because he said, who is he? Because he's not God. If he did not create you, he's got no right to speak over your life. The Bible says, said, lay your hand on her. Says, but come and lay your hand on her. And she will live. Let me not dwell on that. If I dwell on that, my time is going to disappear. I'll teach on that some other time. The difference between your hand and the hand of the Lord. The Bible says, she, he came and says, Please come and just lay your hand on her. Let's go to verse 23. Verse 23. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, I'm passing a whole lot of things because of time. I'll teach it some other time. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the fluid players and the noisy crowd wailing. Hello? Hello? And he said to them, verse 24, he said to them, shake your neighbor as a neighbor. Listen to Jesus. He's about to speak. He said to them, what did he say? Oh, come on, talk to me. What did he say? I don't hear you at the back there. What did he say? You guys come. Worship team. Yeah, just the front row. Come, George. Come, come, come. Just stand, just stand around here. We need to illustrate this. The father came to Jesus. Henda, talk to me. The father came to? Jesus. Came to Jesus. And now the father must direct Jesus where the problem is. He says, Jesus my house but please know that Jesus does not know where your house is yeah. and uh, you cannot pray and say Lord heal me where yeah. hey. Lord forgive me forgive you for what 
You must tell the Lord, Lord, I've got a problem with lies. I've got a problem. Lord, I've got a sickness here. As much as when you go to the doctor and you've got a boil here, whether the doctor is a young girl, but because he's a doctor, even if you're a whole big man, if you've got pain, you will take off your pants and say, doctor, here is the pain. You are not looking at the age. You are looking at the power behind the age. And this man, he took Jesus. He says, Jesus, come to my house. Come to my house. And Jesus is following you. Please don't get distracted when you are directing Jesus. Don't focus on other things. The fact that the N1 has got on rams and off rams does not mean that it is qualified for you to take it. Know your purpose, know your destiny, know where you are going and know that you are directing Jesus to where you need him to help. And Jesus is coming. But the problem is that when he's following you, when you are taking other roads, and Jesus knows, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. but this road is taking us back. This guy is wasting my time. I've got the whole church of 300 people to fix. Please, can you direct me where I'm going? Jesus follows. Verse 23. Let's read verse 23. What does it say? But the Bible must tell you. I think it's the NLT that will explain better. When Jesus arrived, he stood by the door. Hello? What did he do? He stood by the door and he saw those that were wailing. The mourners that were crying there. Hello? They were talking about the problem but not fixing the problem. You're missing something about Jesus. Jesus says, I will not interfere until you make room. You need to make room because your problem has been too much surrounded by too many people. Your problem has been having too much attention from wrong places. That is why the subject of my topic from this this morning is that Jesus says, I am not yet finished. The fact that I arose and left there does not mean that it is complete. I need to arrive at your house. But when I arrive at your house, there is something that Jesus can do, but there is also something that you must do. What must you do? Jesus says, you must make room for me. I will not fit myself in where your parents are fitting in. I will not fit myself in where social workers are fitting in. I will not fit myself in where doctors are speaking. Make room. Make space for me. He said, clear out the way. I will not perform a miracle under pressure. I will not perform a miracle in the midst of Inyangasa. In the midst of plain B's and plain C. He says, cut and make room, clear out the way, separate yourself, put yourself in the isolation room. It's between me and you. I only need you. Make room. Shake your neighbors and neighbor. Make room. Make room. There is too much publicity around your problem. You need to take away your problem from social media. You need to take away your problem from newspapers. Take away your problem from that meeting. What are you doing? The Lord says, I'm about to pay attention to your problem. But what you need to do, make room. What? When they arrived, Jesus says, Make room. 
for the girl is not I come and talk to me church the girl is who is speaking here that the girl is not dead Jesus is speaking he said according to your experience the girl looks dead but according to a heaven heavenly appointment it is not yet time for the death of the girl number two actually what is making the girl to die is because she can't breathe there are too many people around her haven't you ever been to to to, to the what do you call this word i see you they tell you two by two no it's not that they don't like you they are saying you need to allow the patients to breathe man give the patients some space man because if there are too many people they will contaminate the patients and their problem is being contaminated because there are too many people around it separate from the people take away your problem from the people the people will not help with anything they will only talk about it i have come to present to you the god of all nations the lord of hosts the bible says abraham says is there anything too hard for the lord is there anything too difficult for the Lord. What is your problem this afternoon? It is barrenness. It is unemployment. You need another job. Your problem is not too hard for the Lord. Make room. Make room for the master of jobs. The master of employment. The master of life. The master of cars. The master of marriages. He's about to enter. He's about to enter. But he will not enter until somebody makes room. I say, make room, make room for the Lord is about to come in your situation. Make room for the Lord is about to intervene. When he says, make room, he says, I need to make you unfamous. the fame that you're operating on is you made it for yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will do what? I don't want to lift myself up. I don't want to put myself on the pedestal. I'd rather be humbled by God than be humbled by men. Because when God humbles me, he has an objective. He's got a plan to lift me up. I will not stay rock bottom forever. I am here to prophesy upon somebody. It will not be like that forever. Your situation won't be like that forever. Surely God is coming your way. Surely God is about to step in your way. Surely God is about to step in your family. You will not stay at the bottom forever. He's about to lift you up. you up when you make Papa I'm here but these people they are not in accordance with my will these people they don't understand my will they don't understand how I do things there are too many spirits surrounding your situation have been laid upon you because you never had 
time to descend the spirit. You've been there, you've been there, you've been there, you've been there, you've been there. Even right now you're in confusion. You don't even know which one is the truth anymore. Because you've got too many spirits and too many gods. It's not everybody that prays, that prays, that is praying to Jesus. People can still pray and say hallelujah, praying to the mitosis. Because it is not the mouth that prays, it is the heart connection that prays. Jesus is saying, but I see a witch, no, I see a witch there. I see your aunt there. Your uncle there. And these people are not even saved. You brought me. But I will not work in, the, in their presence. Which means you've got a job. One by one, make room. Some of them will fight you. Because, listen to me, Papa. Listen to me, Papa. Some of them were connected to you because you used to beg from them. The moment, because they see, the moment they are taken out, the Lord is about to lift you up. And they know if the Lord lifts you up, they will not be able to touch you. But that's why they are holding on. And when you are feeling pity for them, you are feeling pity for your stumbling block, girl. You are feeling pity to the thing that has been blocking you. Abraham, he took lot along, and the Lord never spoke until Abraham departed from Lord. Cut that relationship, cut that connection, separate yourself. Separate yourself until you separate yourself. God will never separate you. One is gone. And God says, This one is a big demon. Watch this. It required his strength. You're not hearing me, church. When you let go, it goes back. Because some of the things, they are generational things. They were rooted from your birth. And you need to be a Samuel. You need to be a David. You need to be a Joseph. And say, I will stand in the midst of criticism, in the midst of witchcraft. I am a generation impactor. I'm here to change the destiny of my family. I'm here to change the purpose of my family. I'm a game changer. Do I have some game changers in this house? Can I shout and say, be a game changer my brother you don't walk with the with the majority you don't walk but you walk the walk the road that is less walked because you are a pioneer you are a way maker because greater is he that is on the inside of you than he that is in the world do i have some game changers in this place when others are calling for groupies you are taking away groupies because you're a game changer. You don't work with the majority, but you know my God works despite how many we are. The fewer we are, the bigger the anointing. The fewer we are, the bigger the door. I prophesy upon somebody's life. 2018, you've been going through stuff you don't understand you did this and this and that nothing was working God said I must tell you I was separating you 
I was separating you away. Some of the people are not talking to you right now. The people that you used to be connected to years ago, some of them are the biggest criticizers of you. The Lord says, I'm busy taking them away. Don't hold them back. I'm busy taking them back away because I want to leave you alone. That all will know how great is your God. That when it's said and done, the glory shall not go to men, but the glory, I say the glory, I say the glory shall go to God. He shall increase and I shall decrease. You are feeling alone. And God says, I needed you there. You are feeling all by yourself. God says you are not alone. The angels are covering. The angels are covering. My hand is upon you. My grace is upon you. Paul says, Lord, I've got a thorn in the flesh. I'm the only one with a thorn. But the Lord says, the thorn will take you out of the cloud. The thorn will make you a unique vessel. My grace. I say my grace. The bigger the thorn. The bigger the grace. The bigger the door. The bigger the adversaries. Oh, remain holding on. Don't give up. The grace is sufficient. Make room. Make room. Make room. You got to remain unknown. Move away from social media. Move away from newspapers. Say, Pastor, I can't serve in any department this year. It's my time with God. We will not chase you out of church. Make room. It's be, if being, having a position in the church is becoming a distraction between your relationship and God, get rid of it. Make room. If you experience that you served God for years, you have been a Christian for so many years, you need to end that history. Receive Christ on you. Because, behold, the old has passed away. The new has come. Make room. There is somebody this morning. I feel it in my spirit. You need to get out of the cloud. Come out of the cloud and make room. And say, Lord, here I am. I need to make room. You can't remain seated there at the back. Baby girl, stand up and walk to the front. I need to make room. I need to make room. Make room. I'm waiting for you. Make room. Jesus is here. Make room. Jesus is here. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. There are too many voices. Too many speakers. Make room. Brother, it's time to make room. Make room. Shut up. Jesus is on the way. I said Jesus is on the way. Make room. Make room. Come on, Jay, move with me. Move with me, guys. Make room. Make room. Are you still staying there? There's too much going on. You don't know whether you are coming or going. The Lord says, I'm not finished with you. I'm not finished with you. Make room. Shakatala. That 
that relationship is not good for you. You know it very well. You have seen the signs that this thing is not good for me. The Lord has sent me this afternoon for you. It's time. You make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Even you that is sitting at home, make room. Make room for the blessing of the Lord. Make room for the healing of the Lord. Make room for the miracle of the Lord. The miracle worker is in the house. Make room. Make room. Get rid of all medication. Get rid of all advices. There is a heavenly, divinely anointed that is about to come upon you. You people that are in front here, lift up your hands. 